Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now we are a proud member of the 143 podcast network How's it going, everybody? This is Joey Galvez, and you are listening to the House of Indie Podcast. This week, I have somebody great on the line. We have the two co-founders of Oneshi Press, JL and Lindsay. How's it going, guys? Hey, Joey. Hey, everyone. How are you? Happy to be here. This is awesome. Thanks for coming on. We are excited here to have you guys on the show to talk, uh, Uh, number one, to talk about your Kickstarter that you guys got coming up here in the month of July. This episode, we are obviously recording a little bit before, but it will re- be released uh, the first week of July, So, as, which is the same exact week that you guys kick off your Kickstarter for Mr. Guy Zombie Hunter, correct? Yes. That is correct. That's awesome. So, number one, what's, what's Mr. Guy Zombie Hunter about? <laughs> oh, right. So, Mr. Guy Zombie Hunter is a, it's a satire. And it takes place in the zombie apocalypse, but it's a zombie apocalypse on a modern day fantasy world. So it's kind of like, like post D and D, you know, like there's goblins and orcs and trolls and elves and humans, uh, but they're mostly zombies now. (laughs) Um, And it's modern. So like, you know, they're not necessarily running around in, in armor, although some of them might be, Uh, they might be, you know, in business attire, you know. Or like, like just Overalls. casual, you know, casual wear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Mr. Guy, he finds himself uh, infected and cursed and okay. he's totally bummed about it, you know, as you would be. And he wants to save himself because like he's his most important guy in his life, you know. Mm-hmm. And so to save himself, he's trying to figure out what's caused this zombie apocalypse and as the plot thickens you know he has to go through all these different little adventures and side quests to to try and you know solve the greater issue and he kind of ends up stepping into possibly stepping into the role of hero he doesn't really want to be a hero he really wants to save himself but the more the more involved he gets the more he ends up you know learning about the world around him and you know he kind of expands his his perspective and his view so that's that's our story you know um, that's that's it's awesome. a little unclear to me whether he actually learns as he goes or just kind of experiences everything mr guy is kind of um what's the word he's a bro Okay. He's, <laughs> he's Mr. Guy. He's Mr. Guy. He, he, <laughs> he lives for himself. He has a pretty good time most of the time. And he's not, he at least doesn't come across as much of a deep thinker, I would say. Uh-huh. Um, now, JL is the writer. I don't mean to impugn your character. No, no. But as the editor, <laughs> he just doesn't strike me as a deep thinking type of goblin. So I, I read uh, the first uh, uh uh, what you guys are calling it arcs, right? Or acts. Yes. Uh, so I read your your story, and okay. and <laughs> it was actually pretty funny. As so, like right off the bat, you're already breaking the fourth wall, and you're kind of getting this this moving. It's it's already like you said, it's satire. You're already setting it up for everybody to, hey, this is not a, your serious indie comic that everybody you know kind of thinks of. It's it's along the lines of what it reminded me of. At, at least your story reminded me of a lot like metal shark bro and you have guys you have walter from metal shark bro on this book r- doing the second part of this uh yeah. story right uh we super just cool. got 
Island of Misfit Birds in the mail yesterday, and I'm so <laughs> stoked about it. I literally was looking at it just as we sat down to start recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it is it's a it's a lot very it's very similar to that kind of uh, style. But and and I don't I don't want to step on your toes and say yeah you guys are a lot like another comic book or a lot like a few other creators and stuff like that. But it, it really reminded me of the way it, I felt when I read Metal Shark Bro when I was reading your book and. And I'm a huge Metal Shark Bro fan, number one. So, Yeah, I mean, you know, when I first read Metal Shark Bro, the first one, I was like, wow, this this feels this feels like me. It feels like home. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, right. This feels like some like these people are just their friends, their family somehow, you know, and sometimes in life you just like you meet people, you get to know them and you're just like, wow, like how, how have we not? <laughs> like known each other all along, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, um, sorry. Um, interestingly enough. Yeah. Like that, that sentiment of like meeting someone and being like, Hey, we should have been friends this whole time. Um, I think we've kind of had that feeling with Walter Osley who yeah. did metal shark bro and, um, is working on Mr. Guy. But also I wanted to bring up that JL has been, toying with the character of Mr. Guy for like 20 years or something since wow. high school it's been in, a really long time wow. so this is definitely like a a long time coming and like deep soul brothers coming together oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> something mystical like that <laughs> yeah that's awesome that's that's quite a long time so so what do you so has Mr. Guy changed since since then, since you first ever ever created this, put put your put his character on the page till now. Well, I've gained a lot more respect for um, for dialogue, for how much work a single line can do. Okay, um, so the writing is a lot sharper. But I mean, I could show you stuff from ten years ago that's almost exactly what's in the what's in the book now. Okay. It's just yeah. like a little not as good. A little just like the dialogue's a little more juvenile. The layouts are like a little lackluster. The the respect for, you know, the page isn't quite there yet. Um but honestly, this really hasn't changed very much in terms of tone and mm -hmm. attitude. Okay. Uh, I've learned a lot and there's certainly way more like things to reference as I've experienced a lot, you know, and I'm taking in a lot more pop culture. So there's like a lot more inside jokes, you know, than I had when I was mm -hmm. like a teenager 20 years ago, you know, or whatever, like, you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. matured. Um, it's aged a little, it's had time to like sharpen itself, but to be honest, the character himself and, and even a lot of the actual arcs themselves are still kind of the same basic writing are you saying that bro culture is eternal bro culture is <laughs> eternal bro. <laughs> you know? bro yeah i think so right <laughs> see I, I i uh i grew up in california and it wasn't anywhere near like the the coast or anything we were inland but still you know bro coach culture was around where i lived it was a lot of skateboarding a lot of punk rockers so and and i i myself was actually a punk rocker so so that's that was in 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 the area where i lived that was huge in the 90s so i i completely get it man so i need to know what's up with what's up with mr is, is this his tattoo is it it comes to life so spooky is his sidekick um, and it's actually the, so it spooky comes out of the bite mark in his arm. Okay. That is where Mr. Guy got infected. So he's kind of like his, his infection itself is cursed. It's unclear whether or not other people can see spooky or if it's just his own, you know, like internal dialogue with his curse. Um, and that actually might shift depending on what's more funny in the moment. <laughs> so actually a, a lot of the context and a lot of the plot points are based on like what's funnier for this panel. And some things I'll like shift and leave a little ambiguous. Um, and some things I'll be very concrete about, but uh, yeah, spooky is cursed to be Mr. Guy's sidekick and Mr. Guy is cursed to have spooky as a sidekick. 
and neither of them really like each other. Spooky is very <laughs> earnest, very sassy, very serious, very task oriented. And those are all of the things that Mr. Guy resents and hates. Um, he's not serious. He's not task oriented. He has a very like laid back, cool bro demeanor, like sassiness is like, mm-hmm. come on, man, why do you got to be sassy? You know? <laughs> so they're kind of like, they're, they're, they are each other's co-curses, you know? Okay. Yeah. A lot that, you know, um, I, I don't, I'm, that's a lot like my wife, but I'm not saying she's my curse. I'm know. just saying, I'm saying she's, she's <laughs> definitely the one that tells me, Hey, why are you acting that way? Why are you acting all sassy, man? You need to chill out. But, but <laughs> so that, I'm sorry. It sounded really bad there. I'm glad she, she didn't uh, come into the room <laughs> in that moment. Complimentary is, is the exactly. word. Exactly. Yes. I feel like probably Mr. Guy has grown because I'm definitely the, the earnest let's plan things out person in yeah. our relationship. So maybe I'm, am, am I your spooky? <laughs> that's such a weird loving nickname <laughs> there you go i think we started something now <laughs> oh man oh, my mind is already going to like t-shirts like there, you know i'm you, with cursed i don't know there you go i uh are you my spooky there you go that's the that's the t-shirt i want to see that on a t-shirt guys <laughs> um but there's uh I don't know if it's the curse itself that grows with the relationship between Guy and Spooky, um, but the arm situation evolves as the story continues. So um, what starts out as just a bite mark that has this, you know, cursed sidekick in it um, slowly starts to decay. But then with the decay, it gets super strong there are like spikes growing out of it. It starts to look kind of viney and veiny. And it turns out that that arm, the cursed arm comes with neato powers like super strength. Um, So as the book continues, the arm gets more and more badass. Yeah, it does. It does. I don't want to give too much more away to, to any of the listeners out there because I want them to be able to go out and, and, and hit your Kickstarter and, and and do that. So let's let's talk a little bit about the Kickstarter. So it begins July first, correct? And then, and how long are you guys just doing it through the month of July, or does it go further? First to the thirty first. Awesome. And and tell us a little bit more about how how you guys uh, thought about doing a Kickstarter because I know there's we've we've talked a lot about Kickstarters on our show, and some some people are speak about on uh, about their success. Uh, they've. This is not their first time around doing Kickstarters. Uh, they've. They've. They've had unsuccessful Kickstarters. Even. Even comic indie indie comic pros have done it, and they've not had successful Kickstarters. Even when one is running, they've had a successful one, and then another one just a few months before wasn't as successful. This is actually possibly our largest one on Kickstarter. Okay. No, definitely our largest one. Um, but this is our fifth, no, six. sixth Kickstarter. So far, all five have been successful. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So you Fingers guys- crossed. <laughs> Knock on wood. Do all of the superstitious things you can do. So you guys know a little bit about how to get something going on Kickstarter. So I want to know, uh, uh, do you guys have like a secret to Kickstarter and how how to be successful there? Um, from the minute you picture the idea of having a Kickstarter, begin panicking and don't stop panicking (laughs) until it's over and make sure that every single second of your waking life is dedicated to that Kickstarter and that everyone who ever even talks to someone who's talked to someone who's talked to you hears about it. (laughs) Yes. That's, that's my serious advice. That's pretty much it. Um, I mean... The, the thing about Kickstarters is they are a ton of work. Oh, yeah. Um, if you want to do it well, you basically need to be working on it for months beforehand, and then you need to keep working on it every day of the Kickstarter and then keep working on it afterward to keep the people who were involved in the Kickstarter excited about it. So um, I think it's really important that anybody listening to this recognize the amount of work that goes into it. Um, and then there's always the caveat that even if you do all the work, there's never a hundred percent guarantee that you're going to be successful. So Mm -hmm. yeah, like JL said, you know, panic, panic, stay panicking and also work really hard. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, like that's the same. That's, 
along the same lines that when we speak to anybody who has a Kickstarter, they, the stress level never goes away. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh um it's really hard to 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 think. Hey, I'm, I I want to do a Kickstarter, but you know, if you are not one of those people who doesn't like to stay stressed and stay on your toes, that may not be for you, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Kickstarter is a great place for people who are making indie comics right now. Oh, That's yeah. where a lot of the indie comics world goes to get their comics funded, and where indie comics readers go to get their comics. Um, and so I, I would say by extension, if you're not a person who likes to be really stressed out, maybe don't run a Kickstarter. And, you know, maybe indie comics isn't the best place for you at the moment. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, a, it's a relatively high stress decision. Yeah. yeah. So so with that said, with, with the with the market being as crazy it is, is right now, because uh, we don't know what the heck's going on because, you know, we had the virus kind of close down comics and yeah. now that we're slowly coming out of that and and comics are slowly coming back to the shops we have uh like a, a major company like DC not using diamond anymore and and yeah. a handful of other uh comic companies uh, are 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 not using them as well and a lot of, a lot of friends a lot of the rumors out there right now are are wondering people are wondering hey is 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 this going to be the end of comics is this going to be the end of the direct market do you guys feel the same way or do you guys think that something like kickstarter or self publishing and self promotion of your own work and getting it out there all on your own is the way to do it personally i mean i feel i don't want to like talk up or talk down any anyone else's business models or businesses so you know i want to try to take take what i say with a grain of salt please um but i do think that for good or ill diamond kind of became a little bit of a a monopoly on the uh (laughs) distribution end and that made a lot of people um have to take a specific model to making comics where cheapness is the like the driving force because you know there's so many mouths to feed on that gravy train and and like the ones in in the furthest from the work are taking the lion's share you know Mm. of everything yeah so what i'm hoping for is now with all this upheaval what we're going to see is a power vacuum where a lot of new ideas about distribution are going to be vying for for power to fill that vacuum. And it's going to be like when when Blockbuster went belly up and then Netflix saved the day. Yeah. You know, like I think the new models are going to come in and actually compete. And whoever's the best of all of these new models mm-hmm. is going to become the new way of doing things. Um, I honestly am hoping that that distribution will be done completely differently creatives should be valued way more than they are you know what i mean like way way more than they are um it just breaks my heart when i see people like far removed on the business end of things like living it up while the the actual people making the product that's being sold are like scraping to get by you know yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that we might see a shift in that a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, we see, we see diamond, um, diamond and DC parting ways as a potential for a lot of opportunity mm-hmm. for, you know, indie publishers like ourselves who, um, you know, may not have the resources to print in the numbers that diamond is looking for, um, or, you know, may want to do something a little bit different than what Diamond was expecting everybody to do just to get into their catalog. Um, and, you know, getting into the Diamond catalog is only the first part of the work that you have to do. First, mm-hmm. you get in and then you have to do all of your own promotion um, to try to get anybody, any of the retailers to buy your stuff. It's it's a real upward slog for a lot of people who make indie comics. So mm-hmm. we're hopeful that DC parting ways with them is gonna, yeah, like JL said, like be a source of opportunity for a lot of people who are interested in doing things differently and treating their creators well. Um, so right now we're like we're kind of looking around excitedly at what's happening and yeah, 
going to see what comes up. I think we might be outliers in that opinion because most of the people <laughs> that I've talked to are like panicking and like the end is nigh, the sky is falling. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, really? I, I kind of feel like yeah. that's going to cripple Goliath and Goliath mm-hmm. has been the one keeping us down. You know, I, you like, know I, I completely agree with that because I think because number one, in, in, indie creatives have already been doing this right they've already been going out there and promoting themselves promoting their books getting themselves published uh they've been going out and looking for the most inexpensive way to do it they've already been doing that and and now that these big uh big monsters like you said these big goliaths now they're gonna have to figure out how to do business themselves in a way that indie creatives have already been doing it so i personally think that uh the indies are 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 kind of reign the victors almost because they already have already been experienced in this field or in this arena to kind of do it this way, and right. and and, and kind of like what you were saying going back to the Netflix analogy, uh, Netflix you know they were they they hit that they hit the nail on the head there, and now you just barely have everybody else kind of following suit like Disney Plus and HBO and DC the uh, universe they're all just finally after years and years and years of Netflix success, and then they they are finally you know, like hey let's do this too streaming is where it's at why aren't we doing this when they you I I think that they're all coming to the party extremely late. And I think that's yep. where we are with this kind of thing right now with comic books too, is I think, I think now that I see the industry morphing into something better as well, I see it changing into uh, something excitable. Like Lindsay was saying, I, 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 I completely see it. Something excitable. Yeah. I really think um, what we've had for a while is um you know, obviously the big two publishers and sort of, you know, all of the all of the well-funded large publishers at the mm-hmm. one extreme end of the comics world and then indie publishers and self-publishers at the other extreme end. And I think because Diamond exerted such huge influence over who got to be sold where um, for so many of the people, there's really very little middle ground. Yeah. There's very little opportunity for people who want to put their own stuff out to actually be really successful. And most of the people who start out doing indie stuff and are successful at it kind of immediately get hired by one of the bigger publishers and kind of Mm -hmm. like plucked out of the indie pool. Um, I've seen that happen a few times and we've been at this for a few years now. That person's doing good without us. Get them. (laughs) Pay them crappy wages to, you know, for better exposure. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that this will kind of level the playing field and maybe, you know, maybe more people from the indie side will be able to experience more success in sort of the middle ground between the big two and what they've been doing for a while. And that's what we're hoping we can take part in. It's kind of what we've been trying to do for a while is, you know, work with a lot of really talented indie creators mm-hmm. um, and yeah. try to do our best to get their work out into the world. Um, but we've been doing it, you know, on a very indie basis <laughs> which yeah. is to say <laughs> relatively small um and it's been really tough because as a small publisher you know distribution just wasn't an option for us mm-hmm. and we're really excited about the prospect that we might be able to find a much better distribution situation developing in the next few years yeah i i, I think i completely agree so on on in the uh, in the lines of success i want to know about oneshi press and and your guys success um, and, and I'm going to be completely honest before you guys, uh, spoke to me, reached out to me. I didn't know what an Oneshi press was. And I'm sure that there's <laughs> a lot of people that out there that didn't. And then I started looking you guys up and looking into it. And I noticed you guys are working a lot of great creators and stuff like that. And I said, okay, these guys, I think these, they're, they're, I think they're onto something there. They're, they're doing something a little different. I think you even had, you even created a name for what, what this it's not an anthology. You guys call it an artho- artology. I, I don't. Or how do you say it? <laughs> you came up with a great name for that. Yeah. So the the artology that's kind of specific to Mister um, Guy, and mm-hmm. the reason why we coined that term is because we also have you know tr- like more traditional comics anthologies, mm-hmm. and the anthology is like it has a theme. 
and all these different contributors, um, you know, submit their eight page story to fit that theme. But, you know, each one is written and, and illustrated by a different team. Whereas the artology, Mr. Guy, I wrote all of Mr. Guy. And these are different artists coming in mm-hmm. to illustrate each each arc or chapter, you know. Yeah. So, like, basically the, the art part of it is the anthology. But the writing part is one continuous narrative. Uh, so that's why that, that term was coined, is to differentiate it from what our anthologies are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, we've been really uh, just blown away by by the the people we've been able to work with. I mean, just some of our favorite indie comic artists and writers, and um, you know, I've been contributing to our anthologies. And the anthologies, they're kind of a co-op model. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, like we'll foot the money for printing this. Everyone gets to have their their work in this collection and you know you get x amount of copies at cost and then after that you can get as many as you want wholesale and you can turn them turn around and sell them full full price you know and everyone involved gets to do that so we're putting down the money for printing um we're doing the editing we're doing all the work to put together the book and everybody gets you know their own serving of that, of their own portion of that to, to do what they want with, you know? Um, and the idea there is also, it's like solidarity. All these different indie creators are sharing each other's audiences now. So like, you know, so-and-so A is put their work in it and so-and-so B put their work in it. Now, everyone that so-and-so B shows is also seeing so-and-so A's work. Yeah. And, you know, so it's a, it's a, it's a co-op model kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, for the anthology, but we, you know, for our own projects where we're hiring artists to work on our work, that's, that's different, right? So that's work for hire. Like Mr. Guy, Mm -hmm. I'm giving people a page rate because they're working on my story and, you know, I'm keeping the rights to Mr. Guy. So I'm actually paying them for their work. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the anthologies, the creators keep the rights to their work. They can publish it again elsewhere they're just getting to be a part of this fun thing where everyone is sharing. It's kind of like a super high quality zine, really. Yeah. You know, it's okay. like the zine vibe and feel only printed, you know, digital printing, like high quality, like really good, you know, put together, curated. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those are two different things. Like we also yeah. have we have some of our own. Um, properties like Tracy Queen mm-hmm. and Pack and Children of Gaia and, and Mr. Mr. Guy. Um, those are our, you know, properties. So, so we do work for hire on those. But the anthology, it's it's just a lot of fun for everyone involved. Well, one of our sort of guiding principles is that we believe in collaboration over competition. Because um, okay. something yeah. that I mean, JL and I are both creative people. Um, mm-hmm. He writes and illustrates and does a whole bunch of other creative work. I'm primarily a writer and an editor. Um, and so we both have been in sort of the indie creator mindset and world for most of our lives. Um, and one thing that we've both noticed is that there's such a like scarcity mindset that many creative people have where we've basically been convinced our whole lives that there isn't enough money. There's not enough audience. There's not enough to go around. Um, And I think that that is really damaging to the amount of people who really seriously pursue their craft, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's also just damaging to the quality of work that we end up seeing because people are, are kind of, they're stressed, they're panicked, you know, they, they're afraid that they're not going to make it. Um, so something that we've really tried to do with the anthologies particularly, and now branching out with Mr. Guy, you know, inviting more people in to work on the projects that we've created ourselves, um, is like, we just, we want to show people that as creatives, we can come together, we can make awesome stuff and we can all help each other out by, sharing audiences and, you know, just extending 
extending the belief that if we help each other, everybody wins um, rather than thinking, you know, we have to be like poking each other's eyeballs out to try to get to the (laughs) prize. You know, like one thing that actually doing Kickstarters has really taught us is like, there are a lot of people out there who are really interested in seeing the work that people are making. Yeah, You know, it may be, it's not always easy to find those people, but there are plenty of them out there. And I do believe that there's enough interest in the world to support a really thriving, you know, art scene. And so we're just, we just keep putting out anthologies. We've been doing it for a few years um, because we really want to be, supportive of other creatives like we know how hard it is out there but we want to be a place where it doesn't have to feel so hard that's awesome i i completely agree with that because it's really hard sometimes when you have people out there i I like that you said being creative and not being competitive right and being being one being together and and i like the word that that uh jail said you know it's it's a co-op it's it's you guys are creating together creating this amazing thing together and you guys, um, that's that's the one thing that is really hard sometimes when you're competing for the same kind of crowd, and, and yeah. you're not. I love that you said you, you're not you're not here fighting, poking each other's eyes out for the same same <laughs> dollar, right? And and I think that's yeah. where that's where we're kind of we're we're going going. I th- I really hope that's the direction we're going uh, towards, instead of. Uh, trying to fight to get into the big two or get that that yeah. big two kind of money, I, I, why not work together to create something amazing that that the fans can love, and it doesn't mean that hey you're you oh man you uh they like you better than me, and and right it's it's yeah. it's uh you know I've I've done that with a lot of podcasts before as well when I was a part of handful of other podcasts where. That's what it was like. It was like, oh well, they like you guys better than we like. They like us, <laughs> and, and now it's right. it's like, hey man, why can't we all just you know we got the same kind of crowd or we got a different crowd that likes you. You they like me. Let's get together and create something amazing that we can both be proud of and say, hey, these guys are just as amazing. Don't just you know, let's not fight over it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know how many people there are in the world. <laughs> Yeah. Like there are so many people. There's plenty to like whatever it is that you're doing. Exactly. Finding them is the difficult part, but they're out there. Well, um, and that's where collaborating comes in. Right. Like, we can collaborate and help each other help find each them. Other find them. There's already too much to fight about in the world. Why why do it with our with something we love like like this kind of <laughs> right. the comic exactly. book medium? <laughs> um and like one thing that we've really found, particularly through working on the anthologies, is you know, when you're not working with like a intense house style where, you know, you need yeah. to make your art look like so-and-so's if you want to work on this series, oh, like yeah. uh-huh. if, if you're letting people just do their thing, the, the breadth and depth of styles and stories and voices out there is just mind boggling. Like yeah. it is so cool just to get submissions of all these different, you know, short comics and just see how wildly creative people can be when you just give them free reign. It's been amazing. I actually, yeah, that's something about Mr. Guy that I think is probably the most fun aspect. And like something I I often forget to talk about is Mm -hmm. having a story that's written in total, all three acts will, will end up being 12 arcs and each arc illustrated by a different artist. So it's kind of like a draw this in your style okay. as it goes and seeing different people come together with different styles and like draw the same character in the same world, but very differently. Like the way Walter Osley draws Mr. Guy versus the way Diana Camaro draws Mr. Guy versus the way yeah. JC Chase draws Mr. Guy or versus the way you draw Mr. Guy versus the way I draw. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just so much fun. And I think, yeah, that really speaks to the spirit of, of collaboration over competition. Mm-hmm. It's like, why should we be seeing who draws them better when we yeah. can see how cool it is that everyone draws them different? Yeah. You know, like, isn't that cool? Isn't that awesome? Don't we want to see differences and nuance and uniqueness? Like, mm-hmm. isn't that the point? Isn't that why we love comics? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think we try to carry that idea into everything that we do. 
You know? Yeah. And I think we're going to carry this specific idea into more projects in the future. Yeah. Um, the artthology concept is, yeah. it's been really fun so far. So we're really excited about it. I really do love that mm-hmm. idea uh, because I, 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 like you were saying, I, as soon as I, I started looking at this, this book, I kind of got into that, that kind of mindset. I'm like, well, I kind of like this over this one. I like this art style over that art style. And I started reading through it and I said, you know what? That's, that's, it's amazing. All these different artists are great and amazing. They're all doing it. Right. But like you said, it's, it's not about that. It's not about me liking one over the other or one is the bet better or, or the other, or the other isn't. It's, it's about the actual coming together, creating this artwork, creating this book, um, that, that everybody can love. And I do. And I'm looking through all these arm. I'm, I'm, I'm liking. I'm now that when I first started looking through it, I was like, "Well, I'd like that one better." Now I'm liking the one that I didn't like as as much more than anything as well. And uh, and and <laughs> it's like it's like a really bad uh, music album that you first listen to. You're like, "Well, it's not like their old album. I like their their old stuff better, <laughs> right?" And then and then you start listening to it. You're like, "Well, it's growing on me. I'm liking it a whole lot more. Why didn't I see this the first time around?" <laughs> this is an album full of hits. <laughs> it, it, but it is to the top of the charts. Uh, but it is. It's it's it. This is a book full of art hits. You know, it's it's amazing, and I love it. it it's uh, uh, and I I I've uh, read through your 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 book, and and I and have uh, I really like the narrative already, and. It really kind of excited me when I first read it. Now I want to re- read through the entire thing, and I hope that's what everybody does when they when they kind of when they go to your Kickstarter. It excites them just as much as it excited me when I started reading through it, and and I really hope that that you guys are successful with it because I see that you guys can be. I know that this is, is and you guys have already had five before this, and uh, if you're if you're saying that this is going to be your largest one, I don't see. I don't see this being unsuccessful at all. Oh, thanks. I <laughs> Thank really you. really appreciate that. That's awesome. Also, can we quote you about uh, this is a book full of art hits? I really like it. Yeah, yeah. Heck yeah, you guys can do that. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a it's a it's a book full of art hits. I love it. It's great. <laughs> so um so I do I do want to know how long have you guys been doing this? You guys been so for for you guys to have uh five six kickstarters now. Have you guys been doing this for quite a while? Um, let's see. I think we officially launched Oneshi Press uh, Publishing in 2016. 17. Our first book was not a comic. It was um, right. it was a, what do you call it, illustrated novel okay. um, in a fantasy world that we have been working on for a while. So we started publishing comics, I think, in 2017. So it's been three years. That's um, awesome. And we've put out like... 10 anthology well we're working on our 10th anthology right now wow. we're kickstarting that along with mr guy and we have two issues each of our two comic series uh pack and tracy queen so we've just done, about done with issue three of pack actually yeah so we, we're working on awesome. about 15 having published about 15 things by the end of this two year cog books and two cog books, which are not comics. So yeah, wow. children of yeah, we published There's a lot in three years. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> actually. Com- yeah, we've we've pumped out, but uh, I mean, a lot of these projects, a lot of these properties. I mean, like Children of Gaia, I've been working on with Chris Cavelli since like the early '90s, wow. mid to early early to mid '90s. You know, wow. like we've been working on this and developing these worlds, and now we have a team of like what eight people working on Children of Gaia with us. <laughs> so, cool. like, I mean, our first the first thing that we actually published was Children of Gaia. The Great Nations of Rendoraya in 2017. So mm-hmm. Cog Great Nations is, is our shorthand for that. But we've been working on the backstory and the worlds and the characters and the greater concepts and mm-hmm. ideas for since we were kids. You know, wow. um, Tracy Queen. When I met Lindsay, what seven years ago, eight years ago, eight years ago, uh, you had already had Tracy Queen conceptualized you were just looking for an artist yeah i was writing it when i met you yeah so 
and I became the artist. And, you know, we tried to see if we could get Tracy Queen into like the big two. Mm -hmm. And then that didn't obviously didn't work. And then we tried to lower our expectations and get it into some of the the larger indies or, you know, like smaller mainstream publishers, larger indie publishers. And eventually it was like, you know what? This is so specific to us. It doesn't fit what anyone else is doing. Yeah. Like we got to just make our own thing here. You know, like we have Tracy Queen is so unique. Pack Mm -hmm. is so unique. Children of Gaia is so unique that like everywhere we went, we were like square pegs being like, Hey, can I slip into that, into that round hole? And it was like, nah, bro, you're a square peg. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You're a really nice square peg, but you're still square. You know, (laughs) we got a lot of responses from editors that were like, this is great. I love it. I have no idea what to do with it. Um, And so we kind of looked at each other and we were like, well, I had been working in mainstream trade book publishing for years um, and I also had experience running an online magazine, um, writing for online publications, um, and had always been a writer um, and a publisher as an editor for an online magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, and JL had years of experience working in the comics industry. Um, for- I, yeah, I worked for a printer first, and then I worked for um, Neil Adams at Continuity Studios for wow. many years. Uh, through Neil, I'd been through, I'd done you know subcontracted work where he's been working for Marvel, Dark Horse, DC, mm-hmm. you know everybody, right? Wow. Yeah, he's Neil Adams, and you know I was working for him, so I got a firsthand look at all that stuff. That's and, cool. You know, was a studio artist there. Um, We we just had all the ingredients, you know, to do this. And we were like, and we both had been working on ideas for books and, and universes and characters and worlds for many years, but hadn't Mm -hmm. made the concerted like effort, like, all right, now's the time we're going to start publishing stuff. So when we started working on Tracy queen together and we got all of these answers that were like, well, this is very nice, but we can't touch it with a 10 foot pole. Mm -hmm. We were like, you know what? let's just do it. Let's start publishing the weird stuff that other people aren't publishing. And that was a few years ago. And now here we are. And it turns out, you know, through our anthologies, like basically the platform that we had to create for ourselves because it didn't exist Mm -hmm. is also the platform that a lot of other people need and can't find, Mm -hmm. you know, like we are, we're being for other people that which we, didn't have and needed for ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's pretty cool. It's like, it goes back to the, like, be the change you wish to see in the world. You know, (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of people who are great artists who just aren't doing the mainstream thing, Mm -hmm. you know, or like who just have a, a slightly different bent or approach or, you know, like go a little far in one direction or another that just might not fit like, these mainstream conventional ideas, but that doesn't make their work less amazing or less valid. You know, um, if anything, I think it makes their work sometimes more amazing and more Mm -hmm. valid. It just doesn't fit into that round hole, you know? Yeah. Um, so we want to try and elevate those voices, you know, we're like having a rager on the Island of misfit toys, you know? (laughs) And that was actually something I'd said. I was like, I think we had that on our original masthead like years ago. So then like when going back to, you know, um, when Walter Walter was coming out with (laughs) the Island of Misfit Bros, I was like, no, oh my God, that's amazing. (laughs) Get out of my head. Um, And yeah, I mean, that whole, that whole team is just awesome. Um, There's a lot of like, you know, just great crossover, um, ideologies there and, and sensibilities. So, yeah, but yeah, you know, uh, just all the, all the different people that we've worked with, we've, we've run a wide range, you know, and it's been great. It's been really nice to see that actually there's a lot more creativity out in the creative world than we've been led to believe. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just been very gated and very like, mm-hmm. Oh, well, if you want to make it in the industry, you have to do it this way and that way and that yeah. way. And it's like, yeah. really? Says who? Yeah. Like, so, who the heck are you, Mr. Tyrannosaurus Rex? Right. You know? Right. <laughs> so, so what, what advice would you, what advice would you give somebody that was in your position about three years ago today? Um, if you build it, they will come now. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I would give them similar advice to what JL said about Kickstarters. <laughs> Maybe not panic. I wouldn't say panic um, <laughs> because that has a lot of negative connotations. Yeah. But really, the main thing is, you know, do the work, but mm-hmm. do your work. Okay. Don't, you know, do do your thing. Develop your style. Like follow mm-hmm. follow whatever muse it is that speaks to you, but keep doing it because mm-hmm. I mean it has it has absolutely not been easy for us. It is a it's a tough market. Like I've probably said a billion times already, finding your audience is really hard. Learning how to speak to your audience is really hard. And you know, we're still learning that every day. But in the end, at least, well, I wouldn't call this the end, but where we're yeah. at now, <laughs> yeah, we can say, yeah, you know, we set out to do this thing. It's mm-hmm. been really tough, but we're doing it. Yeah, We are doing it. And that I think, um, I think that's something that a lot of creative people don't see or, or sometimes even choose not to see, um, you know, like I, when I was growing up, there was always this messaging like, well, it's really nice that you're a creative writer and that you're mm-hmm. artistic, but, you know, that's not a real job. Oh, yeah. Um, you're never going to succeed that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, it is very hard. But if you really want that, if you are really willing to put in the work, you know, I can't guarantee to everyone listening to this that like you will someday be the highest paid artist in the Mm. world or anything like that. But I can say that if you keep doing the work and keep showing up for it, you know, half of the battle is just continuing to do the work when other people Mm -hmm. have stopped. Yeah. You, you will find people like we've said, we found our, our muse, Walter Ostley. I'm not sure. Um, I'm going to have to do some like oil paintings of Walter on the ceiling (laughs) and his fantastic hair. Maybe he and Diana and JC can all be like touching fingers on the ceiling. There you go. Um, um, But no, sorry. That that was a a digression. Um, You know, like you you can find your people. um, Yeah. Because they are out there. Mm -hmm. You know, the people that that help to inspire you, they're out there. And the people who want to see the work that you're doing are also out there. And you know, just keep showing up, panic a little bit to mm-hmm. keep the fire lit under you, but mostly just mm-hmm. keep doing the work. Yeah. I think that's great advice, especially like w- when, when you have somebody telling you, no, 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 like you guys were that, like they told you, this is not yeah. going to fit. This is not going to work here. You guys could have easily given up and said, well, we're not going to ever do this again. Let's just, let's just get a real job and then, and, and mm-hmm. you know, do that. Uh, but you guys kept it going and you said, you know what? No, this is a great story. This is where we're going to do this. And <laughs> if we got to create something of our own to get it out there, we're going to do it. And I think that's great advice to, to just keep going, pick it up. Don't give up and just keep it going. Um, you know, that could be a great tagline for us. This is weird. We're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> this is so weird. It's still going to happen. <laughs> well, you know what? I appreciate you guys. We are going uh, pretty long. But, you know, I, I appreciate guys, well, appreciate you coming on and hanging out with me. This has been fun because we could sit here and talk all day long because that's how yeah. easy you guys are to talk to. Uh, I appreciate you. Um, again, give us a, another quick uh, little um, log line of what the uh, Mr. Guy Artthology is. And then tell everybody where they can find your Kickstarter and where they can find you guys on social media if they can find you there. All right. Well, Mr. Guy Zombie Hunter is a zombie apocalypse satire. Um, each chapter is done by a different artist, uh, all written by me with J.L. Draco, with one continuous you know, narrative throughout. Um, but each one is designed to to kind of have a little bit of a different vibe. And so we chose a different artist for each vibe. And then that is kickstarting on the month of July 1st through the 31st. Um, And you can find out more about that. There's links to it from oneshipress.com. That's O-N-E-S-H-I-P-R-E-S-S.com. As well as, you know, info about all of our other projects. And on this Kickstarter, we're also including our 10th anthology, which has work from over a dozen different creative teams. Over two dozen. 
two dozen, two dozen different creative creators. Wow. Um, oh, right. But over a dozen different creative teams. So it's it's amazing. It's going to be like a 120 page anthology about origins. Um, and it's just the, the teams, the work involved are, are stellar. I mean, yeah. some of it's just like jaw dropping, wow. mind blowing, jam packed with awesome. Um, <laughs> so there are links to all of this all over all of our social media. Um, we are at Oneshi press on Twitter, Instagram, and Kickstarter. And we are talking about the Kickstarter on all of those places. So if you're interested, you can go seek us out. Um, we also have a bit.ly. I'm going to read it. I don't know if it's really going to translate well to, <laughs> to a podcast, but I'm going to go for it. Um, the, the Kickstarter can be accessed at bit.ly slash Mr. Dash guy dash origins dash K S. Awesome. And that's Mr. is M R not spelled out. All right. M R guy. M R <laughs> dash. Right. M R dash guy. Um, and so, you know, if anyone wants to know more about Mr. Guy comic, there is Mr. Guy M R G U Y C O M I C.com. You can see samples of all the different artists, a little bit of the story. Um, there's some cool art galleries on there. It's, it's a fun site. I mean, you know, we're, we're continuously updating it. So, you know, check out mrguycomic.com. Um, and they all have links to each other. So, you know, you can surf around. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then we'll have links to all that stuff in the show notes at the bottom. So if you guys are looking for that stuff and you guys couldn't get your pen quick enough, it'll all be in the show notes uh, down underneath. And you guys can check it all out there. And it'll be links. You just click it and go. So, nice. again, we appreciate you, JL and Lindsay, coming on and hanging out uh, with us here at the House of Indy. And you know what? Go, go out and check out Mr. Guy because I'm telling you guys, I'm going to say it again. And 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 Lindsay said she's going to quote it. it. This is a great book with art hits. I'm telling you guys, it's great stuff. So hey, go <laughs> check yourself out, so Mr. Guy Zombie Hunter, at a coming to a Kickstarter near you. We'll see you guys later. Thanks again for listening to The House of Indy. My name is Joey Galvez, and I'll see you later. Later.